So what made you decide to start this year off and to have a year of no plastic? Uh, well, first of all, I, I, I mean, I, I'm very keenly aware of pollution and its effects on the environment, not just because of, um, of uh, being uh, considering myself to be kaitiaki myself, but also I, I teach environmental sustainability. I deliver a course on environmental sustainability and resource management through it's a degree program called So I spend a lot of time talking about environmental um, sustainability and it's um, relevant to Māori as well in terms of its links to our health and, and the links for, uh, for Māori wellbeing, the links between um, our physical health, our spiritual health, our communal health and also our environmental health, our environmental wellbeing. So it's something that I that I talk about a lot, um, and I, I guess there's been a lot more kind of information out there in recent years. There are a lot more people who have tried going plastic free, and so the profiles um, for plastic free for the plastic free walk or the path has been raised a lot more in recent years. Last year also there was a significant documentary that came out called um, the Midway uh, Midway Film. Uh, by Chris Jordan, and that's uh, if you if you have a look on YouTube for the Midway film by Chris Jordan, you'll find it. And it talks about um, the North Pacific garbage patch, which is a garbage patch floating in the middle of the North Pacific, um, made largely of plastics. Um, and that was and it's acidifying our ocean. It's about ten times the size of Aotearoa. It's huge. It's um, it's about the size of Texas at the moment. And we're adding to that. We're adding to that every day. So uh, only about 5% of our current plastic waste winds up getting recycled. Um, about 50% of it winds up in, in landfill. And that has its own problems with Papatuanuku because it adds to the larger size of toxic waste that, that feeds into Papatuanuku. The vast majority of it winds up um, finding its way into our waterways and out into the oceans and then contributes to this huge floating mass of rubbish in the North Pacific gyre. Um, so that's, it's acidifying our oceans, and that's an issue that is also raised by um, uh, the Mano Moana Initiative, where we had our, our, um, our seven ocean-going uh, waka or va'a that travelled around the North Pacific to raise awareness of what we're doing to Te Moana Nuiakua, and it's also killing our fish and killing um, the birds as well. So we have our, a number of our Huge numbers of our tōroa are dying because they mistake the plastic for food and then they ingest it. And so a lot of them are choking to death. A lot of our whales are choking to death, to death on plastic bags. But plastic is everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, <laughs> really I'm just, is. I'm drinking out of a plastic bottle. Mm. I'm, I've got a plastic pen in my hand. I mean, it's mm. everywhere. Mm, it is. And, you know, this is only a recent phenomenon. You know, the... the um, the throwaway mentality is really something that's only developed in this in the last 25 years in, in, our, in our generation, in this last generation. If you think back to the generation before us, actually a lot of their goods were packaged and recyclable. We had our, our milk in glass bottles. We had um, our meat wrapped in paper, wrapped in butcher's paper. And, of course, it, so we get the term butcher's paper. A lot of our stuff was actually wrapped in recyclable or reusable goods, but... The market economy is driven within our last um, within our last generation to package things individually and to drive high consumption 
and to drive faster consumption so that you'll buy another one sooner and then people will make more money. But it's not us making more money, and in particular it's not Māori making more money. So the economic effect of this for Māori is very real as well. We can't actually afford to try and keep up with the high consumption push of the current market. And for me, I think it is imperative for us to look at resisting that market push and because we don't have to. We're not as dependent upon plastics as we think we are. We just make it out that way and we accept, we accept the messages and we accept the push of the market to make it think that we are, to make ourselves think we are, but we're not really. Okay, so tell me some of the ways that you're going about resisting plastic. Mm. So um, there are a number of, obviously one thing is that I don't buy the plastic drink bottles. Um, I have my own tank water or um, filter water or spring water, which I use in reusable containers. So I still have some plastic containers from last year, but the idea really is reuse. And reducing and reusing within the reduce, reuse, uh, recycle trinity is... um, (laughs) is actually uh, probably preferable, those two, because they don't require more processing, which is what recycling does. Recycling's great, but it also requires processing, which can sometimes harm the environment. But reducing and reusing are the two things that we can do. So reducing just means making more conscious choices. I go to the bin-in to get a lot of my... Um, kai. To get a lot of my kai, and I, uh, I take my own cloth bags along with me to do that. Uh, I don't wrap things in Glad Wrap. There's no need to wrap it in Glad Wrap. Um, there are a lot of things that people put in plastic bags unnecessarily. If you go even when you go to the soup, fruit, uh, to the fruit and vegetable section, I see people putting bananas in plastic bags. It's a bit of a crack up, really, because you know they come in their own packaging. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just once you're aware of it and more conscious of it, you start seeing the ways in which it's not actually necessary. So, um, yeah, I shop at the at the bin and When I am at the supermarket, rather than grabbing the plastic bags uh, to put some vegetables in, if I need to grab, like, a big a handful of plums, I'll go to the mushroom section and I grab those mushrooms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I put them all in there and I just tell them at the, at the checkout. And I tell them why, too. Every time I, I make a purchase that is an alternative purchase to using plastic, I'll... I'll mention it and I talk a lot about it to try and raise awareness about it mm. so that's one way um that's just with shopping yeah as well and so I also whenever I do because you know there are things that kind of sleep in I call them stealth plastics <laughs> they're like the can you think you're getting a canned good and you think okay I've gotten a canned good not something in a plastic jar you open it it's lined with plastic oh you grab a uh, a glass bottle, and you unscrew it, you'll see on the inside of the lid, a little plastic cap on the inside of the lid. So I also write to the um, suppliers and talk to them about the harm that plastics are doing for us as well. And that's more around, I mean, that's not just around going plastic-free, but it's also around trying to um, create a better market for us to have plastic-free alternatives as well. Mm. So I'll write to suppliers and tell you know actually people are becoming a lot more aware of these things. And I think if you started to look um, at either better plastics or even better no plastics, then you'll probably find that you do have um, you know some people who appreciate some consumers who are appreciative of that move. Now you've got a blog where you're documenting this journey, and oh. I just had a I had a quick flick through it, and you were 
you had one entry about how you went to get sushi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and I guess it's just indicative of how dependent, psychologically dependent we've become on plastic as well. So I went to go and get sushi and I had actually gone, gone to Berlin and I had used what I was going to use for my, another way in which I reduced um introducing the plastics is that I take my own lunch containers to take away places and more often than not if they'll, are they plastic? they'll agree to yep they are, I bought them last year. well actually I bought them more than a few years ago but that's again back to reusing what I do have rather than buying new things um, and so I've just been reusing the plastic that I've had from last year or, the, or earlier years before that rather than buying new plastics or purchasing a throwaway plastic container and a lot of my, I do pick up down the beach um, often as well of rubbish, and a lot of it is lunchtime plastic rubbish. So it's the plastic containers that we get our lunchtime kai in. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of it's also plastic cutlery and, and bottles. So that's people just dumping stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And it's also whether or not the, the local councils have a regular rubbish pickup, so people will go to throw it in the bin, but the bin's full, so they'll throw it near the bin. <laughs> So back to the sushi story, you went to... Oh, sorry, yes. So I went to go and um, uh, to go and get some sushi. I'd already used my own um, lunch container to fill up with some brown rice from the banana. So I just said, oh, listen, it's just some of that pack-up sushi that I can get from the... Um, that I can eat with my hands anyway. Can you just put it in a paper bag and I'll be fine? And she... And I looked at me a little bit weird and copped her head to the side. I was like, paper bag? And I was thinking, you know, it's just not a language issue. Paper bag? It's a paper bag. Can you put the sushi in the paper bag? And she had her little tongs. She goes, okay. And so I pointed them out. And I said, yeah, because I don't do plastic. She goes, no plastic? And I went, no, no plastic. And I could see she was. the idea was completely foreign to the poor girl. And so she went to close it up and then went to put uh, a uh, one of those little soy plastic bottles in. And I went, mm-hmm. no, no, no plastic. And she goes, oh, okay, no plastic. And then went to close the the bag, the paper bag, with a piece of sellotape. And I went, no, no, no plastic. And she's like, oh, 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 okay, no plastic. And then I could see she was getting, like, her muscles were tightening. And then she... She's went, never going to forget you. I know, like she was afraid to make the next move, and then she went to put the paper bag in a plastic oh, bag. No. And I felt sorry for her. I was like, darling, no plastic. She goes, oh, okay, okay. And she was shaking by the time she handed it over to me, and I I felt sorry for her. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm so taking my own container next time. <laughs> just to save her from breaking down. But I also thought, you know, it was just, really indicative of how habitual and psychologically ingrained um, plastic use has become for us. And I think we've equated it to, not just to convenience, but also... To cleanliness. Yes, to hygiene. So we we assume that because we've wrapped something in plastic, it's it's cleaner and more hygienic. So, um, but as I said, it's only only something that... um, really bloomed in the last generation, these assumptions. And, of course, that's encouraged. That's encouraged by, you'll see the marketing by people such as GLAAD that will say that we need to cover everything, but you don't necessarily have to cover it, cover it with plastic. 
uh, I mean, you know, if you have your, if you have plastic containers, I'm not telling everybody to go and throw all your plastic containers out, but reuse them. Or even cloth. Buying new ones. I mean, now well, nannies were onto something when they used to crochet those doilies that used to have those weighted down um, stones beads or beads outside. around the outside to put yeah. over things. I mean, just Corey. in the weekend, I was at a house and they did that. They just threw over some cloth over the clay. Correct, exactly. Throw cloth, uh, throw cloth over your clay. Or even if you're putting it in the fridge, put a plate over it. You don't need to. You know, a plate works fine. Well, now, another entry that I read in your blog was how when you were going around getting clay, you mm. cycle everywhere, but that it took all day. I in terms of busy lives, eh? unless your whole day is about going to get clay, if you've got yeah. a job and you've got the whanau, you don't actually have the time exactly to, exactly. to take your time living that, mm. right? If you are able to go around and, um, and get your goods from, from, you don't have to go massive distances, uh, so for me, I go to the bin and to get a lot of my goods, and then I just go to the fruit and veggie truck on Lanui Road and, and grab a lot of my fruit and veggies. Um, I might grab one, a few things from Pack and Save, but one of the things is that also, so it supports local economy. It supports local um, local providers, and I'll I'll go to the butcher. I've got a fantastic butcher down. So you're based in Gisborne. I so I go down to the Gisborne Deli to get my meat um, for my dogs, and. Um, so it supports local, and it's actually cheaper, you know, it's a lot cheaper for me. I've, I've found that I actually, I'm spending a lot less because I'm a lot more thoughtful about what it is that I'm purchasing, and the fact that we can just whiz into one place and quickly buy everything and then whiz out isn't necessarily a good thing because we do a lot of impulse buying that way. I've found now that I plan my purchasing a lot better, and um, there are there's a lot less chance of me coming across you know, large supermarkets are actually geared to make us spend more money the way that they are. I've found that I've been a lot more thoughtful about the way that I'm purchasing, a lot more planned about the way that I'm purchasing, and it's leading to me not over-purchasing, so I'm saving I'm saving myself a lot of money. Now, tell me about the monthly tally that you're going to do on your plastic use. So, I, I, in, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes I get these little stealth plastics that sneak their way in, and <laughs> also because this is only like my first month of doing this and I'm finding that I have my own little habits so my biggest the, the thing that gutted me the most so far this month was the other morning I was running around I was about my students and I were about to head up to um, up to do the Paikehutirangi track and I was running around grabbing things to, for us to go camping and I quickly grabbed a pie from the warmer at the BP I thought choice not wrapped in plastic grab the pie and you know for us pie tomato sauce so I grabbed a little tomato sauce. It wasn't until I got back into the car and I looked at my hand and I thought, ah, oh, no plastics. So that's my largest plastic boo-boo this month. Is one of those it's been one of those little tiny <laughs> tomato <laughs> sauce. I was, gutted at myself. I was like, no, I've got plastic. So um, I'm keeping all of these little things. I have that. I have a little bit of sellotape from some fish and, from, uh, fish and chips thing that I didn't notice that they had put sellotape to close up my fish and chips a, a little while ago and when um, I had some fish and chips with friends and I have a couple of those bottle caps that have plastic around the inside of the cap. So, so far that's my plastic tally for this month. I weigh it, um, I put it up on my blog and I also write a letter to the providers um, that have used 
plastic in those goods to just say to them, hey, um, do you think that there's any other way that you can consider? Particularly because some of them actually market themselves as being environmentally sound. So, you know, maybe you could be even more environmentally sound by not having the plastic inside your lid or not using the plastic labelling around the outside of your bottle, etc. Now, what are you going to do about people that give you plastic? No, I don't accept plastic gifts either. So um, I have had, <laughs> I've had a couple of people try to um, gift me some things that either come in plastic containers. And so, yeah. What was it? Like cake or something? Um, no, it was like somebody had gone to go give me like a heap of plastic bags of um, fruit and veggies. Yeah. And so I'd said, oh, look, I'm, have, have you got a box <laughs> that you can put them in or something like that? Because, um, you know, I'd rather not take those plastic bags home. Um, yeah. And so there aren't any, um, yeah, there are other, yeah, there are other small things. Yeah, somebody had tried to give me some earrings that came with plastic, had plastic around the outside, plastic bag around the outside, or plastic wrapping around the outside as well. So I have to turn that down, unfortunately. And it gives me a chance and opportunity to tell them about what I'm doing um, and to, yeah, raise awareness that little bit more. So, hmm. Wow, good luck. Thanks. Good, <laughs> it's been good, really interesting. So good far. luck at the mud eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, here, I've actually already been in a couple of my aunties and uncles' ears about these about for the next few hui that we have. I'm like, oh, you know, we've got that big hui coming up, Uncle. Can we make a parakoria, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and they, I think, you know, once we start getting into the whole, you know, there's, a, there's also a fantastic movement called parakoria. Over on the east, uh, sorry, over on the west coast, it, it started over in Whaingaroa, and they're actually aiming for zero waste on. Explain what parakore means, Tina. Yeah, so waste free. So they're looking at at being at making all marae waste free by 2020, and um, that's led by a fantastic lady called Jackie Forbes. And again, it's along that same um, along the same kind of philosophy of. If we're going to Mihi Tarangi and to Papa and to Tangaroa while we're on the Pai Pai, then let's look after them while we're off the Pai Pai as well. And it's actually saving Marae a lot of money as well as um, aligning ourselves a lot more closer to uh, Kaitiaki or Kaitiaki mentality and philosophy as well. So for those Marae that have taken part in Parakori, they've actually found it fantastic for them in terms of saving themselves money, saving themselves and learning a lot more about how to reduce, reuse, recycle and and, and uh, use mara and create compost for their mara as well. So, um, yeah, I think that on marae, uh, as movements like Parakuri and Move Ahead, uh, we're actually going to find a, a lot more change, yeah. Now, just finally, I've heard that Hawaii has gone plastic-free. I know, right? Isn't that fantastic? And the plastic waste around Hawaii has actually been inspiration for a number of towns around the globe to go plastic-free. There's a town in England that went plastic-free because of a lady that went to Hawaii and saw their plastic waste and and their their attempts to go plastic-free. It's wonderful to hear that they are. And there are places, you know, L.A., there are big cities like L.A. that's going plastic-free. Beth Terry, who's one of the plastic-free pioneers, is pushing for California to be plastic-free as a state as well. So Hawaii is the first plastic-free state, plastic bag-free state. Um, Kaikoura uh, aiming to become plastic bag-free, I think, 
um, Gisborne should be next on the agenda, if you ask me. Should be next on the list. But, us, you know, we can totally do it. And the reasons behind Hawaii going Pacific Bag Free in terms of them being a marine state and their close link and use to their natural resources, uh, uses of the natural resources, are all the same reasons why uh, Aotearoa should be considering it as well. Mm.